Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This show, we're going to be answering your mailbag questions. So hopefully, you enjoy that. But we got to start out with some. Kind of crappy news, Kyle, and this is one of my least favorite parts of covering sports, having to report on injury news, specifically injury news that'll keep a guy out for a full season when he was set to have uh, more time on the field. UK football is losing junior safety Devontae Robinson. Um, he injured his white, his right quad muscle on Tuesday. He's going to have to have surgery. He's going to miss the season. Uh, he played in all 13 games last year, made 42 tackles, three tackles for loss, four pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, including that one uh, that sealed the Florida game. Um, Kyle, like this was a guy that uh, in a secondary that missed a ton, uh, that's going to lose a ton. He was going to be a key contributor, and now they're going to have to go to the next man up. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> This is a, a pretty major blow. I, you know, it. I, I don't want to overreact to one guy, but it's it's it was at the one position they could certainly not afford to lose anybody. Um, and it 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 does sort of make me rethink my thought. You know, what I thought Kentucky could could do this year. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe they got young guys that are ready. Maybe these two JUCO guys are ready, but. Now there's not really a single guy that's proven anything in that secondary at the college level. Um, and that's that's a major blow. At least you had one guy you knew you totally could count on. I think I don't think anybody expected um, anything less than Devontae Robinson to lead that secondary this year. Um, you know, and now you now you start all over. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's a just a huge, huge blow because – there were already, uh, you know, the entire starting secondary plus their their fifth man, as it were, uh, were all already gone. So this means that the top six defensive backs from last year's team are gone. Um, very, I would say, very few teams can can reload and not miss, miss much of a step um, when that happens. I mean, I you know, even Alabama that I think would take a dip if they were getting into their, you know, third teamers. Uh, from the year before, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, it is. yeah, it's definitely a tough spot to be in, and you know they're going to probably have to lean on young guys. And as you mentioned, there's not going to be a ton of experience on the collegiate level. We'll say again. I think I shared these comments before, but you know, Lynn Bowden, he was talking about the corners specifically when he was down in media days, and he said that. They uh, will surprise some people, and he goes against them every day, and he thinks that they're going to really prove themselves on the field, and not often do guys talk bad about their teammates. So, But, I mean, Lynn Bowden doesn't seem to be the type, Kyle, that will really BS necessarily a ton. So it's, he, he, I think he legitimately does have confidence in those guys, but, you know, in practice and on the field in a game are two different things. I mean, there is some, some talent in the safety position, um, but it's asking a lot. I mean, one of the, I think I forget where Moses Douglas was ranked. He was either the 
he was one of the top two or three guys in the class that they signed, and he enrolled a, a semester early. You know, so he has a little bit more knowledge than a typical freshman from a playbook standpoint. But uh, you know, he'll still be suiting up in his first college game, and if he's if you're in a spot where you're dependent on a guy who, no matter how talented he is as a freshman, that's still asking a ton. Uh, for a guy to step up into that role in such an early manner in his career. Yeah, I you know, I don't think uh, even if the kid's gonna be awesome, it's it is just really asking a lot for a true freshman to step in and be to the level that a guy like Devontae Robinson would have played at this year. There, at this point, there's almost no question that they're going to be significantly. Uh, less productive in the secondary. I mean, there's just it would be a miracle if they even came close to matching last year's productivity out of that secondary. On the positive end of the injury updates, Nick Scalzo, freshman QB for UK, uh, tweeted out that he is 100% cleared. Uh, so that's good news uh, for the incoming UK QB from Florida. Uh, then a couple other quick football notes. Landon Young was named to the Wolfful Award watch list, which is uh, given to the community service, uh, one of the top community service college football player of the year. He did the trip to Ethiopia, works for Habitat for Humanity, visits a ton of senior centers. He's a really community-oriented guy, and as we pointed out several times now, Kai, over this past week, he's very country. Never, sure. quest- never question that. Um, legitimately country no no phony country. and he gets that country charm um, and then uses it for good in charity work and then Lynn Bowden was named to the Paul Horning award watch list which is a ton of uh, positions obviously wide receiver and kick returner and then I'm sure he'll be doing some QB wildcat uh, he was one of 44 players named so that's that's a pretty big only going to be from like a watch list standpoint I would think he's Far and away, the guy from you. Uh, yeah, probably him and, and Logan Stenberg, I would say, would be the two. Well, but, the, I mean, and there's not as many offensive linemen awards out there. That's the only issue. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, you're not going to win the overall national awards uh, as an offensive lineman. That's a fair point. Yeah, when was the last uh, offensive guard he- Heisman winner? Hmm. When were they? <laughs> when was the last time they were even invited to New York? <laughs> That's a good point. Never, I assume. I wonder if, uh, if someone. I'm. I'm hesitant. I would think. I would think not. No. Uh, all right. Um, let's uh, as we wrap up this first segment here. Let's get into one of the questions. We had a football question. Terry Wilson, Lynn Bowden, and AJ Rose. Which Kentucky player will have a breakout season? Kyle, who? For a guy that will become a star for UK football, besides the three guys that were just named, uh, I would say maybe Chris Oates um, or DeAndre Square. I would say one of those two, one of those two young outside linebackers have an opportunity to be sort of breakout stars because I, I was really impressed with them in the, you know, decent amount of time that they played last season. I I think it could be them. If you want to be like a cool football hipster and give the answer and and then you'll sound really smart, you you say Quentin Bohanna. 
Um, he's a guy that obviously has played a ton for Kentucky already going into his junior season. Uh, the nose guard is not going to guy who's going to rack up a ton of stats, but, uh, if you're, if you're really just like football broing it out with some dudes and you just bring up a def- an interior defensive lineman, uh, that'll score you some, some cred. Uh, I also think, um, you know, Boogie Watson is a guy who was very productive opposite of Josh Allen it sounds like the attack this year won't be one specific guy, but you know Brad White has shown that he's really able to develop pass rushers, um, and so I think that there's a good uh, possibility that Boogie Watson will be that guy this year, uh, take a step forward, rack up a bunch of sacks, and garner some attention, you know, throughout the SEC. Because I mean, I I think you know I just. The first part of my answer there was Bohanna. I think the D-line's going to be good. And if those three dudes in the middle there do their job and take up a bunch of blockers, the rest of the guys on the team will be able to get to the quarterback. So somebody's got to get some sacks. And I think uh, Watson is a is a good candidate as anybody. I'm um, on the offensive side. Cause you Did you name both defenders? You named two defenders too, didn't you? Yeah. Um. Well, they kind of, because the question was, kind of took away the three three knowns um let's both pick a tight end then i'm gonna go yeah, with <laughs> that's exactly what i was gonna do i think it's i think upshaw i don't know if he'll be the guy at the tight end position this year but i just know he really looks the part and i know the coaches really love um his physical tools and what he's capable of yeah to me he's like he looks like just a, a huge wide receiver um yeah, I could see that being the case. I'll say I'll say Rig though, Justin Rig. I think he's a guy. He had a he had a big spring game. I I, I think he's a guy who, uh, you know, somebody's got to step in and and account for some of the you know just some of the plays and catch the reps and uh, targets that went to C.J. Conrad. There weren't a ton of targets, um, but it, yeah, I think if you think about Terry Wilson taking a step forward as a passer, if you project him to do that, you know, somebody other then Lynn Bowden's got to catch those passes. I'm not overly confident in anybody else in the receiver core. I'm sure somebody will step up, but uh, I think it's probably smart on the offensive side to pick a tight end. You know, somebody, whoever whoever ends up being their top tight end should have a nice year. Um, and I'll say it'll be rigged. All right, uh, coming up next, more of your questions. And there's some there's some fun ones, and they're, a lot of them are based off of Kyle's piece on the all-decade team. Uh, and if we, you missed that conversation about that, you check out the podcast from yesterday. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. First question here, Kyle, from Twitter is from Hoops Insight. And he said, if you could pick any, which would you pick and why? Uh, Kyle, you immediately put a qualifier on it and said you have to throw out Anthony Davis, which I agree um that that's a that's such an obvious answer um who would you pick outside of the anthony davis of those guys that you listed uh to add to this year's team well i mean the 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 one question we've talked about it they've tried they've tried to add trying to work on and folly dante they want another big guy and they want a proven big guy they don't have a single post player that we know is going to be an awesome college player this season. They have a couple that might be. Um, so I'd go with a big man and throwing Anthony Davis out of the equation. Um, I, I am 
you know, like Boogie Cousins and uh, Carl Towns are, you know, in the big picture are the better players. But taking their one season at Kentucky, like I'm tempted to take Willie Cauley Stein hmm. as a junior. You know, junior. If you could add junior Willie Cauley Stein. Um, I mean, he was the national. As I mentioned, I think people forget this, or didn't even, maybe didn't even realize it, because you know it came at the end of a bitterly disappointing uh, end of the season where they went thirty-eight and one. He was national defensive player of the year. Um, Cauley Stein was. He's the only player in school history with two hundred blocks and a hundred steals. Um, and I think that's the thing they could use if they if they had a guy who was a guaranteed defensive enforcer uh in the post who you could throw lobs to and you knew you know you could get 10 to 15 points a game just that way out of him as a uh, an offensive option i i'm tempted i'm really tempted to say junior willie Cauley stein that could be a really fun dynamic if you just uh, unleash ashton haggins as say just just pester the heck out of the guy bringing the ball up and he, he gets by you no big deal we'll just have Willie Cauley Stein swatting into the stands or, or pick it up and I still uh like burned into my mind Kyle is that play at the end of the the Notre Dame game in that elite eight season where he took on uh, Notre Dame's point guard full court and made him take a tougher, like a super tough shot obviously he missed it in Kentucky advanced to the final four so his defensive versatility was I mean, really unparalleled outside of Anthony Davis. He was just such a phenomenal guy. Plus, selfishly, Kyle, obviously we want him. We want to right. talk to him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's second to Collie Stein in uh, single season blocks, and he had a hundred something as a sophomore. Uh, he's second all time in total career blocks at Kentucky. And as you mentioned, that they you know they don't escape. They don't even get out of the Elite Eight undefeated without him because he with 38 seconds to go in that Notre Dame game he stepped out on Grant their star guard and blocked a three-point shot closed out like lightning and then I think Kentucky went down and hit a couple free throws to take the lead and he ends up as you mentioned on that last play he went 94 feet and just totally shadowed a, a point guard uh, drove him into a corner and forced him to just heave up a desperation shot at the buzzer. That was about as good of a 38-second stretch of defense as you'll ever see by a college seven-footer. Um, so I, I think a guy like that could make a huge – but I don't think you could go wrong. I think if you put – I think if you put Willie Cauley-Stein, Carl Towns, or DeMarcus Cousins, any of the elite big guys, I think even Bam Adebayo, um, who's not, not on my all-decade team, but if you're just grabbing from the era – any of those guys makes Kentucky this year's Kentucky team a runaway favorite to win the national title, I think. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, Jeremy congratulated you. He said, good picks for your all-star team. Who would be on the all-glue guy team? And for funsies, how about the human victory cigar team? <laughs> um, my glue guy team so this would i think would for the most part are a little bit unheralded and just sort of embrace their role um you got to have a point guard and so i'm gonna go with shea gilgis alexander even though he ended up being a star at the end i think he was just he had that glue guy mentality right he was the 
the grinder guy that you know was the way underrated guy coming in who just woke up and he sort of changed the the DNA of that team as the season went on. So I guess he'd be my Gilgis Alexander would be my glue guy point guard. Uh, I think then I'd round it out with DeAndre Liggins, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Darius Miller, and Josh Harrelson. Ooh. I think that would be. I think that would be my that would be my all glue guy team because those were all guys. I mean, MKG was the number two pick in the draft, but he was by far a secondary figure to uh, Anthony Davis, and probably I would say even during the course of that season to Terrence Jones. Uh, yeah, he was what the third or fourth leading scorer on that team. So I think Kid, Kid Gilchrist qualifies, and he's again like like. You know, he's the original Shea Gilgis Alexander, the Breakfast Club guy who was bringing those guys together. You know, he and Darius Miller played together. Uh, Darius Miller, who started on a Elite Eight team as a sophomore and a Final Four team as a junior, embraced a six-man role on the national championship team with Kid Gilchrist and won SEC Six-Man of the Year. So I think he's perfect for that. And then, you know, Harrelson in 2011 coming sort of out of nowhere to do what he did and come up with some huge performances for them. Uh, I like that as a good glue guy team. Not a very good shooting team, but. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you could also throw a Marcus Teague. Uh, if you were really looking for a point guard, a guy who obviously won that title, but he wasn't a, the superstar of it. Uh, he played such a pivotal role, um, obviously. But yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of guys uh, that kind of just did what they had to do and just played uh, specific roles. Now, when you're talking of uh, human victory cigars, I guess if we're rolling through them, Brad Calipari, Johnny David, uh, Sam Malone, who I guess actually start did he start a company or a t-shirt thing yeah. based off of that? Yeah, right. He started like a t-shirt thing. He actually just, I don't know if you saw, we had mentioned this, I don't think, on the podcast. He started a new company, like a real major company. Uh, an app that connects somehow connects uh, like individual people, not like celebrity influencers, but more like everyday people to companies. Like if you want to say like, I love the new sunglasses I got from such and such on social media. If you tag those, uh, if you use this, this app that Sam and his co-founder created, uh, if you tag the company that you're, bragging on on social media you can get like cash rebates from the company um sort of for for your authentic real user uh praise of the product it's interesting so yeah sam alone entrepreneur he, he used his used his kentucky fame to uh to go out and make a real living in the world well and also super fun super fun uh personality i think he's probably the you know, other than Brad and Brad mainly because of, you know, he's known because of his last name. I think Brad and Sam are the two sort of most uh, front facing, well known walk ons, I think, since I've been here. Jared Polson was originally a walk on, correct? Yeah. He got a scholarship. So, yeah, but we could put him on the humans. But I mean, he was like, I'm, put him on the glue guy team, too. He was a guy who ended up playing like major minutes in that 2013 season um 
you know, he like led him in scoring in one of the like in the Champions Classic, I think. Something crazy. No, it was the uh well, it might have been, but I think it was a Maryland game that they won or he played a key role, but yeah. Oh, that's right. It was just a like a one-off game. Yeah. Um, but I think the answer like the number 1 is Sam Malone cuz he fully embraced it. He would often tweet out the stats how they were like what 12 and 0 when I play in a game. Yes. <laughs> Yes, he embraced being a human cigar for sure. So Brad uh, Calipari like did not embrace it. You know, he's he wants to go somewhere and be a real player. That's why he's at Detroit Mercy. So yep. Uh, to me, it's just we should just make it a one man team. Five Sam Malones, the Fighting Sam. I think we we they, all, all be on board with that. They tend to mean bar too in Boston. Questions. But first, check this out. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jason asks, the ceiling for UK is always national championships. What's the floor for this year's group of Wildcats? Well, that's a good question. Odds um, are they now in the now best odds to win the national title? I think they might be at the top. I don't know. Basically, every year the ceiling is national championship, and I and I you know I don't think it's always realistic. Um, I do think this is a year where they're certainly good enough to win it um how bad could they be if it just goes south um i think even even if it's not even if they don't gel and it's not you know they're gonna finish top four in the sec and uh be a sweet 16 level team i mean they are they are every year i mean with in 10 years only two times have they not gone at least to the sweet 16 uh you know, and of the years they've made the tournament, they've only not made the Sweet 16 once, and that was a kind of brutal draw at Indiana in the second round. Um, but, yeah, I would say, you know, top four in the SEC and Sweet 16 would be their floor. Yep, I mean, tournament's weird, so, you know, there's crazy things can happen. They could lose in the second round, but, you know, with everything they have coming back and veteran point guard and a lot of veterans around the court, I think that they'll – they'll do well this season. So I'd, I'd put the floor right about there. And I agree that like fourth in the sec isn't, isn't what obviously they want, but it isn't as bad as it would have been earlier in Calipari's career, because there are a lot more quality teams in the sec. So even saying fourth in the sec, isn't like a, a, an atrocious uh, floor or knock against them. No, not at all. I mean, he's a legit team. Auburn, Tennessee, those are all going to be pretty solid teams this year. So, yeah, I think if you finish top four, you're still you're still a good squad. I I, I just think the, the ceiling, the floor, you know, got a valuable backup in quickly back. Got two McDonald's All American back as a sophomore and a junior. Um, added a proven college player who's a grad transfer and Nate's and you know, like I would I would bet my my I don't know about savings, but I would bet quite a bit that. Uh, Tyrese Max four guy is going to be really good and probably two or three more of those guys. So uh, they're not going to, they're not, their floor is not going to drop too low. Speaking of McDonald's all American big man, Alex wants to know, is it Nick Richards or EJ Montgomery that, that emerges as the more valuable big man by the end of the year? I would venture to guess it'll be EJ Montgomery considering how many tools he has um, and I just think that he has a lot more growth. But Richards, I mean, Kyle, I like distinctly remember 
I guess it's been maybe a year, maybe maybe a little bit more. He had the highest pro potential of any of the guys on going into last year's team. Um, and so I think that his ceiling is super high, and I think he's going to achieve um, a lot of that this season. And, you know, who showed in flashes what he could be. Uh, Nick Richards has had two years to show us, and he's still not really broken through. It doesn't mean he won't as a junior. I think he's going to... I think he's got a chance to have a really nice year and be a real rim protector and rebounder for them. Um, but as you said, you know, EJ's got, you know, he's got uh, PJ Washington potential with, you know, but he's four inches taller. Um, and and one thing I would say too is when we keep seeing these pictures and videos, he's packed on some muscle. I mean, he really looks like he has filled out. EJ Montgomery looks like a much more of a grown man now physically and I, you know when you talk about confidence and all that i think something like that when you change your body like that and you you feel like you are a grown-up uh you you carry yourself and play with a different confidence so yeah i, I think it'll be the more impactful of the two will be ej montgomery yeah i mean speaking of con uh confidence and if any of those returning guys i'll tell you what i think that they've all like uh, are they short on shirts or are they just you know, ah! because none of them like to wear them. out and this is partially because of the the sweatpants as he was wearing it was was Emmanuel quickly <laughs> was in neon pink sweatpants and and no shirt during one of the photo shoots that UK was doing the other day it's like that's a look so you know, it's pretty noticeable because they were walking around shirtless all the time that those dudes like you know the guys that were freshmen a year ago have really changed their body Okay, so um, Scott wants to know, are you guys as shocked as I am that Jerry Tipton has become the go-to for high school All-Americans announcing their final school lists? I was really confused by that for a second, and then I realized he's making a joke about Tipton edits. Uh, There's a story, I think there's been a story out there about that kid, uh, like someone wrote a a profile of him, it's... uh, Super interesting. Like all these elite recruits uh, trust this guy with their, you know, huge college decision not to spill the beans to anybody, even though he's the one that's pre making their, you know, their uh, the photoshops of them in the different jerseys or whatever. Um, super, it's, you know, only, only in modern sports uh, and the social media era could we have something like that where some random i think when he started he was a high school kid i don't think i think he's older now but uh some random high school kid having all the top players in the country tell him where they're going to school before they tell anybody else so that he can photoshop them into this the jersey of choice it's it's wild i prefer the visual of jerry tipton on a mac like just <laughs> making those edits. So that's how I'm going to continue to think of, of the how that's Not that. now, Paula. Not now. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey needs to, needs to be in a Texas, a Kentucky, and a Kansas jersey by 9 a.m. <laughs> he's got sketches on his yellow legal pad, and he's feverishly flipping. <laughs> yes, he's drawing, he's drawing the pictures before he does the computer edits. <laughs> and then laughing at himself. <laughs> All right, here's how we're going to wrap this one up. Um, from Johnny Juzang's Hype Train on Twitter, will the Johnny Juzang Hype Train go down as Kyle's greatest accomplishment? Yes or absolutely yes? Absolutely yes. Pleased to bring Johnny Juzang awareness to the to the world. 
and uh, now it's got a life of its own. I couldn't stop the train if I wanted to. Nope. It's going to keep on chugging down the track, Kyle. Not that I wanted to, of course. No, why would you ever want to? We're all on board the Johnny Juzang hype train. How many whistles have you given away? Three. Come on, people. What's, what is it they have to do to get a whistle and a, a conductor hat? Well, we did an Instagram giveaway. Do you want me to do another giveaway right now? Yeah, do it right now. Okay. What, how do you want to do it? Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Just tweet it and said you want a whistle, and we'll give you a, we'll give you a whistle. No, we're not. We can't give everybody a whistle. I don't have that many uh, whistles. Uh, I don't know. You 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 can choose the terms of of uh, the whistle giveaway. Okay, here's the deal. First person to tweet at Locked On UK, I want a whistle. After listening to this podcast, we'll we'll get one. You got to be following along with us on Twitter at Locked On UK. How about that, Kyle? I like it. Let's do it. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please subscribe to the podcast and then share it with somebody else who would enjoy. You know, just text it, tweet it, or just go out into the streets, Kyle, and yell how great Locked On Kentucky is. I like it. Let's do that. Follow Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea nutrition program that they're uh, giving you and you and two with did you just get abducted by aliens no you dropped that was weird it was it made a horrific sound it was like <laughs> i think we got enough so I'll move on to the next one.